Welcome back to another episode of the After the Whistle podcast. For the third week in a row, I'm having to do the hosting because Keo went to South Africa without telling anybody. Till now, Keo no officially inform anybody say he no even need a country inside. We just see for Snapchat say your man no day town. So right now it's me smiling doing the hosting again. Joined by Vangelda, Corey, and Crack. Guys, what's good? We're good, bro. Mm, it's a Sunday. God is good. Another week has come to pass. We are here. We are alive. Grateful to, to be here. If you mean miss recording back to back to back and can World War Three, but you all can do it without permission. Why are you cool? It's cool. It's all right. You, you did There's miss. There's nothing wrong. Bro, you nothing did wrong. miss. No. I never did three in a row. I never did three in a row. So you did talk to three in a row. Bro, so that's, bro that's the host, bro. You do three beats, yeah. You, until smiley said it just now i didn't even know you were out of the country man <laughs> me this it, it was just this morning this morning Master, i was just going to snapchat <laughs> smiley people yeah. where they wear half shoe they know they ask for permission from anybody <laughs> we make sorry you please me there. I just hope that Keo has a an enjoyable trip. Whatever it is he's doing, whether it's for work, whether it's for vacation, we don't know what why why he's there. We don't know what he's doing, but he'll be coming back to meet a letter of complaint to our senior management. I hope Cyril and Donald are paying attention. GCR shout outs to those guys. So anyway, let's start. With the I open your mind, snap right. He did something. A boy, it will be a certain when it comes to Ghana. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> I'm done with you, bro. He said he did where he did where he did something. <laughs> something South Africa. It will be a certain when it comes to Ghana. We wait up. Anyway, let's just start with the important stuff right now. Um, it seemed to be another slow week for transfer news because. Um, it looks like most of the teams have really wrapped up their major, major transfers. And right now, it's more about trying to get people to um, augment the progress that they've made with their squad building and stuff. But within this weekend, we've seen two major signings seemingly approaching completion. The first one of those that happened just today as we were about to start recording was Axel Disasi moving to um, Chelsea from Monaco. Chelsea have not officially confirmed it, but two of the, would I say, Holy Trinity, that's Fabrizio and David Ornstein, have confirmed that it is near completion. So once those two have confirmed it, it's, 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 yes, it's basically done. So let me start with the Chelsea man himself. You've signed yet another centre-back. That makes it how many centre backs since Todd Bully arrived? I know it's for two hundred and five. <laughs> for Fana, Badiashio, Kulibali, and now Disasi. All black men too. What's going on? We like our black men in Chelsea. Nobody like some other club. We are no racism. We only sign black players. That's okay. That's cool. Um, this signing has actually just been um a necessary one. Because of uh, Fofana's unfortunate ACL injury, uh, shout out to West. Get back, get back soon and healthily. Uh, so yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I don't know this guy. <laughs> <laughs> so 
I genuinely have no idea what Not to expect. small but compilations you don't know what. Charlie, I they watch. Uh, I, I I've gone to of course as we always do. We like our stats here, so I've just opened his like FB ref uh, scouting reports basically, and it's a lot of greens, some reds that I will personally be very concerned about. Wait, like, he's from Monaco, and, right? Yeah, he's from yeah. Monaco. He's actually so the greens captain. be in comparison to in League One boys. They said, uh, co- then they compare him to centre backs. So I don't know who they compare him to. I suppose it'd be centre backs in League One. Oh, check. No, they said players compared to positional pairs in men's big five leagues. You see, okay, okay, fair, over okay, the fair last Genesis five leagues based okay. on 4,080 4, minutes played. So then compare him to other players like, um, yeah. The top defenders, the basically. Basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, like, his statistics look good, but if you look at, like, for instance, his clearances, he's in the bottom 16% percentile, which is very shady. Like, it stands out to me. And also, that's tackles, wild, bro. Then tackles <laughs> bottom 16%. To Hide, but tackles to Hide, bottom 4%. So, where do we go from here? Tackles. The yeah. thing that is, it's like, say, tell me that a striker shooting is the bottom 4%. Like, what? Yeah, exactly. That's why I said, one, I mean, I don't know anything about a guy. So, I know the guy can do like, I know the guy. Oh, this is me, I never hear a name self before. The first time uh, uh, I hear, today, with today's self, I hear, see, as United one sign, what be name? King Minjay, where they know they get, the E be there. Second guy, yeah, like he's been back. he's been heavily linked to United throughout the summer. So it's, it's a bit surprising uh-huh. that this Chelsea thing is coming out of the blue like that. But continue. Yeah, I be, but me, I'm just going to copy homework. Our, look, I they go trust on. I'm just trusting our scouts. Every time we move in silence, the people we design in silence, them always they perform. So I just it be very trust trust me bro right now I, like, <laughs> so, I don't Smiley, know this guy I, I, I won't start this this episode that this thing they talk Pers- personally <clears throat> personally i would have preferred that we just kept uh trevor chaloba i like him i think he's a good squad player but isn't he I still there he's there but right now like before this guy was signed like last week inside then they started toxic and they won't sell him 25 yeah. million yeah so, which, uh, which, which is to, uh, to strasbourg no, 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 no. Chaluba already did Chelsea. They play give Chelsea yeah, for like but two seasons. Now that you bring up Chaluba, that even makes it a more um, interesting thing that you said that it is someone that you need. Because looking at your centre-back options, even with Fufana out, you have Thiago Silva, Badiashiu, <laughs> so Chaluba, Colwell. So you have four centre-backs. Yes, but two for left, two for right. And personally, I would have kept Trevor. So it would be Trevor then. What be your name? Olu for the right hand side. Them then go play the right. Then Kovel and Badiashio being left footed would have played on the left side. And actually, that's what Poch wants to play. But unfortunately, for some reason, the club, I don't know if Poch safe day on side or not on side. Everything, then they say right now, everything that they decide plus Poch. So even they lie, then we try to lie. But apparently, <laughs> they've put up Trevor Challenger. Trevor Chaloba for sale. And the, in fact, the news that we heard was that they wanted to go and sign former academy player who we sold to Crystal Palace, Magehi, to fill that role initially because they felt like Gehi was the better player than Chaloba. Maybe, maybe not. We don't know. But 
out of nowhere see, today and they come from church. I open Twitter. That'll be the first thing with me. I see. I say, who is this guy? First seven and I figure so we go buy one of these because yeah, then more fam, more fam, papa. That'll be what we do right va, va, now. Va, 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 this begs the question that Chelsea keeps selling people from the academy and then later I'm like, crap, and then won't buy them back. Why, why is it that you put no one hold the good boys then train them in and come to the academy, but you put just, the they, just they shoot, boys, shoot by the hard and you, you go and try and the buy them The good boys, later. them, they play, boss. Here they tell you, know, the good boys with them, they the academy side, them, them, they play. So if them, they sell you, they, they mean say the club believes you are not up to Chelsea standard. And wow, look, at the Salah end wasn't the day, up to Chelsea's standard. Standard, the brand was from academy, be bought him from Basel. The brand was not from academy, bought him from you. My, my point is that you will have these players, sell them, and then you want to buy them back later. Fair enough. It be, I be at the end of the day, it's not always that big clubs hold on to young players and Curry, uh, you know, develop them. I, that's I want, not, I want that's to help, just not I want Chelsea. I want to help, help Vangelda in that sense. Okay, when you buy a lot, you miss some. You understand, and also, mm-hmm. you know, they always had the habit of changing coaches after a short while, and all those. So there was no continuity. You bring no, a, a coach no like, project. yeah, you bring a For coach instance, like Jose, you, you Jose, bring a coach had, like Jose Moreno, and he saw he Salah in no, De Bruyne. He had a different he had no type patience of, for De Bruyne, none at all. Like it's not even about it's not even about the patience for De Bruyne. He already had the formula of winning. He had won it before, so he wanted to come and repeat the template. Looking at um, having um, what's the name. Hazard and he was playing Hazard. Who and they, they play Mazaka, Oscar Hazard, he, and Mata. He, and and no, and this guy, uh, this guy, this uh, Germany, this German player, You understand? And he brought Drobasef, and that was the season he won the league. You understand? So the guy had a try and tested template. Imagine he gave Mata out to United. He had a try and tested template, and he 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 stuck to it. He didn't have patience for. And Salah was wasteful. Let's be truthful. Salah was very wasteful when he came to Chelsea. I mean, that thing there, you can take risk. I don't really blame because United like this, we always end up hyping some uh, youth stars. Smiley nose. Then, good. <laughs> if you're good, you go make them. Trust me, if you're good, you go make them. If you go somewhere, you go get the development where you make it. That's good on you. If the club wants you back, that's fine. You understand? So, I me, mean, I don't really fault. I mean, In that's that sense, fair. I don't really fault. Yeah, I don't really fault because you can't get them all right. Because imagine but- you have a number of academy players you can't promote, you can't promote them all. Do you get it? And some two shows show huge signs. You bring them to the first team, and right now they can't Late play. Bloomers. It's true. And you get it. So that gamble there, he did. And at the end of the day, look, Chelsea, if it last season, then maybe this summer self we it look like we really don't know what we are doing. But Chelsea has always been in the business of winning now. We don't care about Moro. If we catch Moro, we go see what we could do for Moro. Today, today, as we decided this Sunday, before win today. So if the managers feel like this player is not like, for instance, uh, Kevin De Bruyne, bro, he was demanding to play. And Moreno was like, first of all, there's a lot you have to learn, and secondly, nobody makes demands on me, no matter how good you think you are. Where he play him, um, be like the first or the second game against How. Moreno didn't like his work output. That was it. The guy didn't play again. January he sold him. Simple. So at the end of the day, as for Chelsea, yes, we can be guilty of it. But I, I, I will always say, let's stick to our record. Whenever we promote an academy player, he goes on to be wonderful for us. John Terry, for instance. Then now we get Rhys James. 
Mount, they are torn on but yeah, Mason Mount. You know, we have Ian Madsen, Levi Cole. Like at the end of the day, right now, if you are very good, you will play. Right. So for me, as I said, this guy will be signing. Me, I don't know him. Maybe now where I won't see if he good or he no good. If he be bomb, we go by. <laughs> Then he go explode for one hour back. But if he be good player to her, good on them. Because again, I didn't know anything about Benoit Badia show before we bought him. And I was like, okay, let's see how it goes. I watched two matches and I said, you know what? Perfect scout. It's exactly what we needed. Happy to have him. Then we stopped that Badia thing. Me, I didn't want us to sign Magei back. I didn't, in fact, I didn't want us to sign anyone. I just wanted us to keep Trevor Chalaba. But I mean, like the club make up the mind, say then go sell the guy. Same way, then they won't sell. It's the really, so, it's really weird for me that you, 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 you have Chaloba, and then you still want to go and sign a, a, another, another. Unless you, you know, unless you think this Monaco guy, they over Chaloba, which me from what me I hear, or crack, I they like I hear say he he be Zuma two point two. If you tell me he's Kedzuma 2.0, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not offended. I really liked Kedzuma. I thought he was a very good last-ditch defender. I don't know if this guy be fast or you know fast. If he tackle or you know if he tackle. The stats say he can't tackle. But again, it go be say it be the training, it be the environment. He, he can look, he can improve. I think every player can improve. Unless you talk I'll to tell you that. I think make the guy kick both set first. You see... Okay, so for me, I just want to rewind a bit to something Van Gelda said about how Chelsea they are like a win now club. They, are, they don't historically that's what they've been about. Win today. We won trophies, it's not about building. So it's a bit um it's a bit interesting how um Boli has come, I think, with the exception of that first. Um, transfer window in the summer. I think since January, they've been more about stocking up on a lot of young players who are like, who have potential, but don't really guarantee anything in the present. Because I think football teams tend to have like a certain idea of squad building. That's, I think, I think a lot of teams have been deceived about what squad building should look like. That if you're building a squad, you have to buy a lot of young players and build from there and all those things. But I think that's something that is for teams that, that don't have the money to cut corners. I think if you have a lot of money to spend, you don't have to go through the whole process of filling your teams, your teams with a lot of under 23, under 21 players, and then just hoping that within another three, four, five years, they'll build and reach a certain level. When you are, when you have a certain amount of money, you're allowed to cut corners and maybe mix it up. And it's not necessarily just going out to buy a lot of established 27, 28 year olds, but you can mix it up. Let me take, let me take, let me, let, let, me, let me just add this. Oh, sorry. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, Smiley. Sorry for cutting you, but I 100% agree with you because I, I'm not gonna lie if I say I'm not quite worried by the sheer lack of experience that we have in our team. And we gonna, we they call them the to- toxic positive Chelsea fans. Them lot, they don't see anything wrong with anything, which is fine. Fine, cool vibes. But for some of some people, they're like, yeah, last year the experience people did they we top 12. 
first of all, if you are coached by fucking Graham Potter, <laughs> and Frank Lampard, who I'm better than, and I have UEFA license F online edition of coaching, then you will not say everybody no good. That's how you think. I remember when Frank Lampard first came to Chelsea and he was leaving in 20 years. Bro, they told us Rudiger is no good. This guy, he leaked to the press that Rudiger be this thing. Rudiger, Rudiger be bullied. Where are the bully players for there? This thing inside. The bully players for there. But in the end, we found out that Rudiger was actually a leader for us at the back. He said that Jorginho is not good. He used to bench Jorginho all the time. Bench him. Just bench him. And then he'll be playing kiddies. Billy Gilmore than things. If the game they get away from him, then he will bring this in. Jorginho immediately orders to start in the middle of the park. So, I, I agree with you. You can't buy just top talent and expect that all of a sudden. Because this is Chelsea Football Club. I'm sorry. This is not Brighton. This is not Brentford. This is not Luton Town. This exactly. is Chelsea fucking Football Club. We have two Champions Leagues, two Europa Leagues, and then Super Cup, then Club World Cup. You can't come and tell me that because we want to rebuild, you will sell all our experienced players and leave one, two, B, or three, B pay. Bro, Gallagher is the guy with the most minutes in the Premier League in our midfield. <laughs> I'm a better player than Gallagher and I'm fat. What are you talking about? You know, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm really, really, really worried about just the lack of experience generally in our team because in as much as you want to buy the best and the brightest and you want to buy you know for instance a Caicedo before he becomes Caicedo with Brighton so that you you don't go pay that 100 million but you go free pay some 18 million then move on then things that's all well and good but they have to come into an environment where they have someone who can help them develop who can give them the if you take for instance this Brazil, the Mamed for that we go by, and Bay Santos. Very good player, tidy on the ball, but he's just like 19 or 20. This is Chelsea. The amount of pressure that will come on him if he's, for instance, our starting number six or our starting pivot partner for Enzo is massive. All eyes on him, blockbuster stuff. But if he was playing for like Brentford or Luton, he will get a chance, make you just make him mistakes. Only Luton fans pay them go know then that them are small, take your way, he lead to somebody in the kitchen. If you then pay, then go no. But you bring him into, for instance, Chelsea, Man U, Arsenal, or one of the big clubs, all eyes on them. Even if he makes one mistake after a run of 10 beautiful games, is he, is, he, is he made for this point? And if he's a young kid and he's not mentally tough, he would not be able to cope. Right? So for me, and even Poch has been saying it in quite uncertain terms, he said, we need, we need more experience. It's all well and good. I can train kids. I can bring them up. I can make them very good. But I need more experience in my team. I need people I can call like generals on my pitch. People that can lead the battle on the pitch. It's not enough to just have the best of the best all under 21 team. Because the under 21 in Kualani, you are to be brave, plenty. But I'm quite worried. I'm not even going to lie. I'm quite worried. This guy is 25. So hopefully... You bring some level of experience. But if you're tack if tackling you did bottom four percent, then <laughs> it can't be fee. Yeah, because like I was saying, if I look back maybe the past 15 years or so, the really true great teams and great footballing dynasties and stuff. In their squad building, I didn't see them building with so many young players. If you take maybe, for example, Barcelona, Pep's Barca. They started with um, Danny Alves, and then they already had Iniesta, Javi in midfield, Busquets. They brought him up. 
it was always a mixture of youth and experience. At the back, you had Piquet, Puyol. Always a, a mixture. You look at maybe the Juventus team that won, was it 10 Serie A titles in a row? Their strength was mainly in defense and midfield. In midfield, they had Arturo Vidal, they had Pelu, and then they added the youth of Pogba to it. Perfect balance. At the back, they had Cellini, Bonucci, also very experienced team. That was really the core of the team. Even if you look at this Man City team, Pep's Man City, Pep is one manager who I think it goes over a lot of people's heads how much he doesn't trust youth. Because even till now, you can't tell me that Phil Foden with all his talents and his ability is a guaranteed starter in, in the Man City team. And he's been around for about four or five years now. In the end, most of the players that have formed the core of Pep's, uh, Pep's dynasty at Man City, it's been those experienced players like Kyle Walker, De Bruyne, Aguero, David Silva at some point, like, those were really the ones who he relied on when it mattered most. You have a few young players here and there every now and then, but it's really the experience. Also, he didn't even sack Yaya Toure right away. Yeah, he, he kept needed him in the team for a season Vincent or two. Company to the he same used team. him, yes. He needed them because you can't win without and, and it's Even Joe Hart, teams... Joe Hart that he didn't rate, he kept Joe Hart for a season. No, Joe Hart, he sacked him immediately. He brought, hey, yeah, he sucked him. Uh, oh, do I, oh, do I, yeah, no, oh, he sucked him. Even now, right. when he sucked him and he you brought another you know experienced keeper, he brought Bravo. Yeah, exactly. Bravo was in but you know why? You know why he sucked Joad? You poke, I say the Barcelona versus um, City Champions League match. No, mm. he go watch for <laughs> for Camp Nou. He go with that match. <laughs> Where he watch the keeper live. Where he say what lie? You will not start. You not flourish. I'm not starting my journey with this. <laughs> You see, and I think it's a combination of um, that. I think it's combination of the fans' desires, and I don't know. Um, I think a lot of these hipster managers and stuff, they manage to convince you that yeah, you need to build with a lot of youth and things. And like those things, it's good for teams that are like knocking on the door of the top tier, like those RB Leipzig, Ajax, Dortmund. Or if the talent is like. Is just too good to let you yeah, it, for instance. Exactly, because if you look at Real Madrid, if Real Madrid they buy youth, it be proper, proper guy like them Bellingham, Vinicius. Okay, Vinicius guy, you can see that he bought him before he was fully cooked. But Bellingham, um, who else can I even think of? Like the people who they buy, they are bona fide young talents. And those people usually they are not even coming to walk straight into the team. They are coming to buy their time and wait for their turn. It's not that they sign them and then immediately they are throwing you into the deep end. But I don't know but teams of today like a lot of them seem to have this idea that you have to build from the from scratch. And I just feel like it's something that you don't have to do if you have the money to cast those corners. I don't have to go and scout players from Belgium if I can afford to buy somebody who is more established. United went and bought Casemiro. Look at the difference he brought to the team. I'm not saying that you, you shouldn't also be looking for youth and stuff. If you can find good players, hidden talents here and there, that's fine. But I feel like there should always be a balance. Have the experienced guy, have a young person who is ready to step into his shoes if he develops to a certain point. So I think it's something Chelsea might struggle with this season if the 
players they have like the 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 experienced players they have would have to take a lot of responsibility in guiding these young players because in the end potential is potential that's why it's called potential it is something that you can't guarantee that this person is going to make it i can see that out of maybe every 10 top prospects maybe three or four will make it Three or four plenty, it'd be one or two. <laughs> Honestly. Three or four safety plenty. What didn't we hear about? Oh, uh, today's FRC this week I see if you are laughs are what be name. Oh this 16 year old guy Chelsea but where he can't spot, he make them ban. <laughs> Kakuta. Kakuta. Guy Kakuta. What, what we don't see about Guy Kakuta? <laughs> Josh McEachern. What we don't see about Josh McEachern? <laughs> hey, 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 I forget that guy. Oh, that guy hype. The hype, the hype. Key, key, you are open, that. eh? <laughs> so, see, I don't want to hear that thing. Me. See, I have room. I'm not going to lie. I have room for young players. But my room is very small. I don't know if it's because I'm a Chelsea fan. Because... If you be young player there, bro, you for show me, you for show me, say, if we drop you, you know, they work. Like, regimes, you show me, I see regimes like four or five matches, I say, hey, brother, ask me fan belty, you know, we'll play, play again. That'd be all. But if you come inside every day, only potential, only potential, oh, massa, not be here, oh, we know potential energy with the measure. Here, kinetic things in Kwan. <laughs> because even, just even looking at the Arsenal team, for example, how well they played last season and stuff. They had they in the end it was a young team. And I think that's also one of the things that um went against them in the end because experience will always matter. But in the end the people who they could rely on throughout the season, like the people who formed the core of the team, Jaka in midfield, Pate in midfield, Odegaard, he might be young in age, but in terms of footballing experience, football. I think he's played a lot of football. He's played a lot. He's played a lot of games. Experience is not just about age. And then in the end, I think Arteta himself recognized that he added Jorginho in January. He added Trossard, who is also an experienced player. Gabriel Jesus is also experienced. Zinchenko. Like in the end, I just it's it's just hard for me to see why you just gamble so much on all these young players is a huge risk that Chelsea are taking and also another thing about Disasi is that I was looking at Monaco's defense from last season because the way you guys go take their two center backs from last season I was expecting to see a very very impressive defensive record but I looked at the stats and they conceded 56 goals last season in total um I think only five teams conceded more goals than them. Yeah, I'll give it to them that um, Badiashiu left in January, so yeah, the rest of the season, they had to contend without him. But even as of January, they had conceded 26 goals in 19 games, which was also, I think, the 11th worst defensive record in the league or something like that. And they were fourth on the table but, at the time. But, so, is he? Sorry, are they like... Again, I like that. And nobody says he can't sign up the can defender. But if your coach is ever like Frank Lampard, we stretch out. You go they play pinball football. Is it right? So <laughs> if if the the coach they had is somebody who cannot coach a, a good defensive shape or a good defensive structure, bro, then for me, yeah. Because mm. by the time Frank Lampard came, we were still we still had one of the best defenses in the league. <laughs> One month, this guy erased. 
Frank Lampard was like a cancer to Chelsea, to Chelsea both, both, both times. <laughs> but yeah, in any case, in the, we all don't know too much about Disasi. We don't, we haven't watched him extensively. All I knew was that he was linked to United throughout the summer and now he's going to Chelsea. So, as always, we did, we did All it. I knew is I didn't want him when I was linked. I said, God forbid. <laughs> When they linked him to United, me, I said, God forbid, make whatever I want to do with that statement. Thank you. <laughs> God, for, God forbid, yeah. good things or bad things. Maybe yeah. I just check out. Yeah. That one, yeah, it's up to you, my brother. It's up to yeah. you. We live to see what happens. We'll be waiting in the shadows, ready to pass judgment throughout the season. Moving on to another major signing that happened over the weekend. I think... This is probably the biggest signing of the of the week, at least. That was Rasmus Hoyland to Man United. Also not confirmed by both clubs anyway, but in this case, the Holy Trinity have confirmed it's Fabrizio, Ornstein, and Dimazio. So you can see that it's, it's just as it's, it's, it's sealed and signed, sealed, and stamped. So um, this one is probably... A more important signing to United than Disasi is to Chelsea because it is a gaping hole in the team that has been waiting to be filled for a long time now. United just didn't have a proper striker in the team, so it, it is something that a United, a lot of United fans were excited and waiting for for a long time. Despite the huge transfer fee, which we can't go without saying, it's I think including the add-ons and everything, it's adds up to about 85 million euros or so. Crack, United fan, your thoughts? My thought is, if you've suffered enough, if you get something, you'll be excited. I mean, we paid for prospects. What we've seen so far is very good. Last season, one of United's big issues was goal scoring. Even though Rashford backed 13 in all competition, the entire team, we struggled in scoring. Some teams would dominate in some matches, we dominated and we couldn't put teams away. We dominated and we're coming back from 2-0 down 1-0 and winning games. And we weren't killing teams because we lacked a striker. In general, we even brought Wood. We even brought Wood, Wegost. You understand? That guy was a minus one. But even with him, we competed. In, with him, we beat teams like Barcelona. And we won big matches with him in the team. And we had to even force them play him as a number 10. Because now, but Charlie, we didn't have any target, man. We didn't have anything. So with our style of play and what I've seen with our coach, getting a striker with pace because we play on the counter. And as as uh, Tenag said, he wants us to be the best transition team in the world or in the Premier League at least because he controls games from playing from the back, from the keeper to the defenders and he spread out wide. You will defend as a team and you attack as a team. So definitely we are going to get transition and we get players that also press from the front. Coyland has the pace. And even for a 6-3 guy like that, he can run. He sucks off. He's a good finisher but has room for improvement. And Tenag is good to put. I am excited for this signing. It's just that he's coming to a new league. We don't really have a backup still. I mean, Anthony Martial is unreliable. We don't really have a backup still. He might need time to get into the, his groove and all those things. Those things are there, but generally, because we are talking about, but basically, because we are talking about the transfer, I'm very happy we got, we finally got a striker. 
for our team. We've been craving for a striker and wanting a striker for a long time now. When we finally got one, so me, I am happy and this is going to help the team very well. And most importantly, I trust the coach more than anything and this is a good signing for us. Corey, from the opposition ex- uh, perspective, your thoughts? I have a question. Mm-hmm. This guy scored nine league goals in Syria <laughs> last <laughs> season. <laughs> no, 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 no. Is it legit? Is it? I'm no, not wait, even trying to answer. set an agenda. I have an answer. Have, okay, no, 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 I'm an legit answer. asking a question. How? How? One. To be honest, I'm not even going to ask about the price tag because it's not your money. It's how much a club pays for a player doesn't really matter. But, um, seventy-two million for nine goals. I feel as though it's, it's a bit steep. Now, I'm asking this question because from an opposition point of view, me, I won't sell my Balagon for like some cool 50, 55, 60 mil. I know, because the way the market did right now, that would be the kind of uh, money that's being spilled. But how do United fans feel with a player coming off a season in Serie A with this, with this sort of... Uh, uh, scoring record. I know during the season he did well on some international duties where he caught the eye of 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 the uh, of main mainstream media and then they started hyping him. And then all of you heard is United have signed him. But how do you guys feel about this this nine goal from Syria I thing, man? Okay, first of all, nine goal is, is nine goals is is nothing to write home about. Do you get it? I understand mm-hmm. you when but yesterday I was talking to Kawawa and Kowe and we made and they made this sound argument that when United bought Rooney, Rooney had the same amount of goals at Everton. Rooney was a star. Like he was a young budding star. You get it. United was paying for potential back then too, like what we've done now. And if Rooney was in today's market, how much do you think Rooney would have gone for? As in the youngster? This guy. Yes, as in the youngster, when we signed him from Everton, he was also eight. He was yeah. eighteen. He was eighteen. Even, you even, understand? I don't want to even look. You can just no, see I'm, how I'm much not, uh, this guy is yeah, being I'm, called. Uh, Ferguson. No, 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 relax. Yeah, so no, that's the that... Brighton guy. Yes, Salcedo. Wait, you don't do, do anything safe. Thank you. So right now, eh, the market is not determined by this guy. Has uh, Smiley has what? Four, three or four years more on his contract, right? Yes, about oh, yeah, on his Atalanta he has like contract. Three years. Yes, yeah. you understand. Okay, then never mind. And this then, guy, then, and, then never mind. And Atlanta bought him for twenty million euros when he was a nobody. They bought him for twenty million euros, so the potential was there. They knew what they were investing and buying him for. You understand? So if you want to pay him for him now before he becomes a full blown star, like Haaland back then, right now you see Haaland, then nobody if he afford that. Only City mm-hmm. to pay all those money. Will you risk it then? Or you can actually give him to a coach that can also help him in that trajectory. Because right now, think about it. Last time I was saying it. How many proper number nines do we have in the world? Everybody's a mixed yeah, nine now. Everybody's a supporting a, 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 a force nine, an SS10 into a, an attacker. And how many number nines do we have? Proper number nines in football now. And this guy is actually a no way this one. It's not that I'm... I always ask Smiley. I said it, I mean, the money... I was thinking 55 plus 5 is okay, but... When you mention it in euros, it's played by in, in pounds like <laughs> it's 72 million, million pounds. No, no, it's not. It's not 72 oh, million pounds. It's I'm, 65 I'm, million pounds. I have reports. As, how much? How Bro, much far, it is 72 million euros. I go check. It'd be 60 this one pounds. It'd not be 70 pounds. It'd not be 70 million pounds. Trust me. It's not pounds. Go and check. 
We've done it. We've who, done this argument then, and everything. Thailand. It's oh, not. No, it be euros. So everything be euros. Yeah, it's euros. You it was they, all euros. When you convert it, I think they are paying yeah, 75 million euros plus. Add on. It's 70 million euros. Yeah. 70 million euros. Yeah, you understand. Yeah, 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 when yeah, it's, so million. when they mention it's it's euros, not, everything like look big. It's something million pounds. Exactly. You understand. So if you if they mention everything euros, they look big. What's all that? So me first, I was skeptical. I said I don't like the price, but I like the boy in potential and everything. So me, when it comes to the price, bro, we are paying for potential and we are hoping it pays. It pays out. Do you understand? So that be my answer. I want to give you. If Smiley gets uh, on the Let top. me add. Wait before uh, Smiley goes on. He asked me a question, and I want to make a sub- so so that I don't say that I'm saying it after you people have made us a submission. No problem. From an opposition's point of view, me it really pay me to sign this guy because me I liked him. And I liked him because I wanted him as a different option to Jesus. So I wanted them to sack those two black men very, very quickly. Make we buy this, make we try and make a move for this guy. This guy, even though I'm saying the nine goals, I, was, I, just, I just wanted to, to, to know your opinion, but I think he's, he's, he's going to be a top striker. There aren't a lot of number nines in, in, in the world. It really paid me to say go United because I know Ten Hag will, will make him a really good striker. You you put <clears throat> caused a lot of problems with uh, what's his name? That string, that string as a striker. Vergos uh, or what? Uh-huh. Yes, Insef. <laughs> and and you, you put caused a lot of pro- problems with him. So you, you put having and this guy is a striker that he's he's, he's like a fly. He go torment you ah, uh, then you go see the board did the the net inside. So me from an opposition point of view, it really paid me. The same way. Throughout this whole uh, uh, this thing, I have something to say about Jackson as well, the Chelsea guy, because he's really impressed me as well. But from an opposition point of view, that's my submission on on on, on Holland. Okay, so let me um, talk about the price tag part, because the thing about me is that I'm one of the very old school people when it comes to player price tags. So. It's not something that I can just sit there and ignore and say, yeah, it's not my money and all those things. Me, like, it bothers me a lot when I feel like we are overpaying for a player. Because the thing is, even no matter how good a player is, the mental aspect is also very important. And I feel like the price tag contributes to making your adjustments more difficult. If you are coming in as a Hoyland, for example, and you're coming in maybe as a 25 million player, even 30 million player. These days, 30 million is seen as a cheap amount. If you are coming in for that amount, it is the amount of pressure and scrutiny you'll be subjected to is far different from if you are coming in as a 70 million player. On top to, he's coming to face even extra scrutiny just because his name sounds like Haaland and he's also Scandinavian. And he's Somebody also say that if, and say he's that also tall. If he's a co- and he's and say the name alone at 30 million. <laughs> like, like, and if you notice, ESPN and Sky in particular have been pushing the Haaland comparisons since the link started. Haaland Dude, versus, they, they, they bore me plus that one-sided reporting that like, then they do for those sites, eh? Like, and all these things make things far more difficult for you as a player because under normal circumstances you'd like to come in on a, a on a, a on a low-key note if i can put it that way just so that it makes your adjustments easier take julian alvarez for example he's probably even at a more advanced stage in his development than hoyland is 
But he came to Man City as the person who everybody knows that he's coming in as, as a backup. Haaland is there to take all the all the attention, all the pressure. He came in on a very reasonable transfer fee. He came in on like 15 million. He was already leading the line. Okay, he went on to lead the line for Argentina. But he was still Man City's backup. And already, when you, as a player going to Man City, you don't face the type of scrutiny that you face as a player going to any of the other top six. Because Man City is still not... They might have dominated for all these years. But the people don't really care about them still. So he went over there in very ideal conditions. And as a very, it was a very ideal situation to groom any player. Because once you're at a team... There's no expectation on you to score goals. There's no expectation on you at all. Like, you are an unknown entity. If you do well, fine. If you don't do well, people won't talk about you. And that's the ideal situation to bring up any young player. On top two, you are going into a very, very perfectly functioning team. So, they can slot you in and out at any point. And there's not really much of a difference whether you're there or not. Because the team will continue functioning whether you're there or not. Holland is coming into a very different situation where United have already been crying for a proper striker for how many years now? As soon as he comes in, they are going to expect people are going to be expecting that he scores 30 goals already from the Haaland comparisons and stuff. From day one, if Haaland score, Holland no score, it doesn't matter. Haaland is, is even similar to Haaland versus Darwin at the beginning of last season. As soon as it starts, no, uh, community shield, Haaland no score. Darwin, See the way make, uh, uh, Darwin make quiet. You, Bob, it's, it's, one of the, it's like the pressure he's coming to face. That's my biggest concern because like you guys are saying, if it comes to the talent, the ability, like I've, I've been very impressed by everything I've seen from him. All the fundamentals that I want to see in a young striker, he has it. But in the end, the mental aspect is what determines whether you make it or not. And that is where my fear is for him. Because when you add all the cocktail of things that he's coming to face, from the price tag to the dependence that they are going to put on him from day one, everything, the Haaland comparisons, it is not an ideal situation at all for any young player. And I just hope he has the mental strength Smiley. to weather that pressure that he's coming to face. Yeah. Smiley, can I ask you a question? Sometimes, a, a team's mental fortitude, uh, is, it, is it possible to come from a coach as well? Oh, yeah. The coach, the thing is, the okay. coach's side so, is about yeah, see, let, building a team that is strong enough okay, for them but, to but not let me say depend something on about, you too much. Yeah. Yes. But let me say something, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, we've seen him trying Sancho the first night and all those things, we are also not impressed because we know Sancho, he can turn out uh, and turn up anytime. Like, he can disappoint you anytime. So nobody uh, cares about that thing. But this coach showed something that, I mean, most coaches show, but he actually lives it. He will defend you no matter what. He will give you chances no matter what. You understand? As long as he knows that, like, look at Anthony Antons. Unless maybe your attitude is still not matching and you are not showing improvement, then he benches you here and there. But look at the number of opportunities he was giving boot because we didn't have any striker. No matter what you you play, because of his work rate and his what? And his link up play, even that one self is 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 overhyped, but he was there. The only problem I have, as you said, is the Haaland comparison. Aside the Haaland comparison, take Haaland, take in. The rest of the strikers in the Premier League, you can match them all. 
whether it's Tony, whether it's Isef, I don't know. He go, he go can play or the band go catch up. January. He go play January. January. Whether Tony, Ivan Tony. Like, think about all the strikers in it. Like, the Salas and things, they don't be strikers. That we know this. Uh, Isef, then they play them on the wings. You understand? Like, all the proper strikers on it, he can match all of them. Haaland is in a league of his own. Yes, when it's going to be, um, they're going to play the derby match. They're going to do Haaland versus... Those things are normal, but those things are there. But there's some, something about these Scandinavian players, these European players. Yeah, I say, um, European Scandinavians and all those like Czech Republic. What do they even call them? No, Scandinavia uh, is separate from the, the Czech Republic. Yeah, side I know. I'm giving, an, Yugos, like, yeah, I'm giving an example. Like those, those kind, like why are you the talking European? You're talking <laughs> like Eastern Bloc. Yeah, I'm not like I'm talking about not those ones from the. Germany's and all those. So I'm talking yeah, about those Eastern ones block. from yeah, Eastern yes, Poland, Poland, exactly. Poland and all those things. They go to the Norway side and all those things. The momentum for it to be different, even from um, like whether they be youth or anything. You understand? This boy will be conditioned. He go definitely go to the baptism of fire. That idea go happen. But in a team that creates chances as well, that is my that is my positivity in this team. We they create a lot of chances, but we don't bury them. That's the thing. He will get chances. If he misses, he will still get. We play in a different way. This will not be the back, the United way. Back to you see from former coaches where Charlie, the striker will be isolated. You know, get chances. We go defend sciences. At least this one with the great chances, then we we'll cook for him. Bruno go spam some things in way. <laughs> you understand? Bruno go spam in things in way. And this one to go help Rashford big time because this striker said, you know, if he left on one on one plenty. Rashford, they attract like two players coming top. You understand? So me, I did see a lot of positive there. But all you said, 100% I agree with this comparison. No time for him to... The fans will be expecting uh, him to hit the ground running. But any fan way they expect 30 goals from him, not get sense. But lie, I did tell you. If you expect 30 goals from this guy in his first season in United, if he does it, bro, that's a fucking miracle. But if you are expecting 30 goals in our competition and the fan... If for cool down, because he even took Rashford a lot of time to even get this. So that one, yeah, that'd be my two cents I won't add to what you talk. And also, Corey, even though we talk about the nice goals and told, he'd be the uh, highest leading goal scorer 20 years and below for Syria, right? Is it 20 years and below 21? Yeah, he's the highest under 21. scoring under 20 player in Syria history. Syria history. is Oluman Ligo, because how exactly. this boy score? <laughs> how this boy come? He not come in three seasons, two seasons, but not in the league. <laughs> <laughs> you understand? You understand? Uh, uh, Corey, you bab that one too. So the potential uh, and all those things they present in a good this one. And I'm glad you admi admitted you wish you would have come to Arsenal. I know United. Well, that'd be cool. You understand? So yeah. I just want to add that it's um I don't do this a lot, but it be preseason, so my my grace, my grace plenty. The moment two weeks time we start the league, you know, my grace finish, just so you know. But I just want to say that United have done very well this summer uh, transfer window. Unlike some club with me, I know. <laughs> went into the went into the the off season knowing they needed to get a goalkeeper, midfielder, striker. As of today, while we speak, they have all three with two weeks to spare. So they will get time integrate the players, then things. As for the price tag, me, I, me, my, my response always be wanting. If you perform, nobody remembers. It be simple. Facts. People only they kite if you know the force. 
It will be to say Kabalabala Every long green shot is not his fault and it's a goal. Ah, what's saying? Kepa. Everybody remembers his price tag because he's not good. Nobody remembers that he costs just 10 million more than Alison. Because Alison is fantastic. You understand? As for the price tag, the market is what it is. If the market wasn't where it was, as I said two weeks ago, the Clarice, 60 million plus 2 million add-ons. Uh, Moises Kai said 33 million plus 1.5 million add-on. Like this kid, he will be like 30 million plus maybe 18 million, 12 million add-ons. But this is the current state of the market. And the market, you know, you can't go in there and dictate what you like. Unless you go to like, you know, Rio Ave for Portugal there or some place where if you buy the, the, the player, you save the club like three years for transfers or something. Then you will figure them on, on a cheap. So... I, I, again, he's also not Hoyland is not something somebody I've watched actively, but I've heard a lot of good things about. I've watched one or two games of Atlanta that I thought he was also quite good in. I think the more the mental fortitude, if you listen to his own story, where he he says, "Look, this place is not good enough for me. I want to leave." He leaves, goes to um, I think it was Salzburg or somewhere in in Stengras um, in in Austria. Yeah. That's very well over there gets picked up by Atalanta, who had, had actually planned that he would be their striker to replace Muriel and Zapata. So they had future plans for this kid. So it makes a lot of sense that if you want to buy somebody they've made maybe three, four years plans with, they would, they would extract as much value as they want. And trust me, I know what it means when they are extracting value from your club. But in any case, again, as I said, United have done very well. When team that sounded like you, you you were hurt. I'm hurt because eight weeks we they try to sign Caicedo Bright and every two weeks and they change the price. Where would they go from here? They bore me, but what a good effort. <laughs> no, no, but United went in there, you know, putting a first bit. Even PSG tried to do an Ugarte over here too. But in the <laughs> end, like the, the player set in heart already say he could go United. They were, they no, no, no. To Make I correct you. PSG don't know be the player setting in mind. Though. PSG don't want me to the money. They say 55. They know why I top. Where Atlanta oh, say okay. take your brokers away? I think it was, a combination okay. of the, it was a combination of the two. The player himself. Oh, no, yeah, yeah, the two. Yeah. The player wanted the player, to come to United yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. Be like, but then again, also, if PSG had brought 70, United should have, would have been forced to go up or leave. You understand? Because exactly. you debate what I talk as well. Because United wasn't even willing to get there. That'd be why I talk it'd be another Ugati. Because, for instance, Ugati, Chelsea reach agreement plus player. We reach agreement plus club. No, PSG come inside. No, they can't raise a guy in value like times five. They say, oh, Chelsea said they go give 50,000 because you, your whole year, you didn't earn 500,000. We go give you like 120,000. Wait, Chelsea said, nah, nah, we know we pay that. Sorry, bye-bye. We, <laughs> he left go PSG. So, uh, being able to do quick business, you know, knowing who you want, going for a first year, getting him, it's, it's laudable. I, I just hope, say, my club, no. Then go learn something. Then just sign Kaiseido. Give me, make we move. <sighs> anyway, um, j- quick uh, commercial break. If you haven't done this already, please follow our social media accounts um, on Twitter and Instagram. It's at ACW Podcast GCR. On TikTok is After the Whistle. On YouTube is After the Whistle Podcast. And um, please remember to subscribe to the podcast on the different podcast platforms. If you are sharing the episode, you can use the hashtag ATWGCR. 
Now, moving on, um, preseason has been in full flow and over the past month or so, a lot of heated games have been played. And um, one interesting thing we've seen is that... Stupidly heated. Like, I think a lot of the teams, especially the English teams, are taking their preseason very, very personal than it used to be. Bro, you see the classical? Bro, because I remember back in the day in our youth, even they played preseason... That's when you see all those academy Whoa, wait, boys. Wait, who... wait, 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 wait. Did you say in our youth? Did you say in our youth? <laughs> hey, Oru. <laughs> uh, talk for yourself, oh. In our youth, in our youth back then, you see teams using those players who you know that this will be the only time you go get chance here because as soon as the season starts, bye-bye. But now you're seeing teams starting games with their full squad. And even when they are bringing on the youth, it's just a handful of them. It's not like back in the day how it used to be. And the teams are playing with full intensity, not at the preseason pace that we used to know. And another thing that we are seeing more of is Premier League teams playing against each other more often. And I want to get your takes on this because previously, like you see, teams on their preseason tour they are just going to random countries going to play f- against teams from that country go you see them in thailand playing against thailand all-stars hmm. you see them in austria playing against some small austrian teams and stuff but looks like the premier league teams are now more eager to test themselves against their colleagues in the league than they used to Maza, be. They are stupid. They are stupid. I won't call you to understand first cuz okay fine. See, see I mean, I know we understand this thing. Bayern Munich started their, their preseason. They go catch some, some, some Verona. I know, I know they see some the division team. Them, my name team said. I don't know the division set. Them, them give them 20, it'd it be 20 something, uh, yeah, yeah. one or something. I think it was 23. I said, ah. <laughs> so, so why Arsenal do them a body shaggy? Top dons, shakes. Emirates, you go Yankee, you know, go set some. LA Galaxy or Dallas or something score. You catch MLS Oscars, you, you bank them. Then you say your next match, you they go play United. Boss, we they play United game week four. Just wait. You go play them. Why? Why is this? Why they stress me? You go catch them too. You know we say, you know we say you pull win the match. Set. You win, you lost twice. <laughs> In the same match, you lost twice. R- right now, all the fans want to face all make long. We, we don't if you talk all, online. Tell it. So, everything you talk, they don't talk, say, oh, boss, you know, be preseason, Sunday. Now, you know, all we do. And the funny thing about that is that truly, truly, it's just preseason. But now the bragging it's rights can't make so intense it can't, that it can't you can't even bro. It can't Look, so, we literally saw a video of Arsenal fans fighting in the stands. And I'm sure <laughs> bros, they were arguing bros. about players and position. Bro, it wasn't. Look, and I think, okay, matter. sorry. You know, sorry, finish before I go talk about Corey. I beg you, sorry. The the and then the thing that bought me is that even if you play United and you lose safe, okay, cool. You say no, we did UCL inside, so we won't test the waters for that side. You go catch Bassa. You flew across Yankee. They flew from from, from uh, I think New York or Washington to LA. Dude, that's that's cross continental. <laughs> that's like a five. Then you go night. you go there, go catch Bassa. You score Bassa, cool. Then you have to fly back to like it doesn't even make sense. Why you just look go search some Austrian guys? Then me add them some 16 for build build the, the like, game, then you enter the season. Like what, like what Liverpool every year then they do, no? Normal. 
So may this whole playing your people that because also see the the injuries aspect because right now if I be Martinez I go do what he do he be fucking guy but I go do what he do because the team be see if I had this boy right now at least the first two games if the injury source the first two games of the season in no good day it will make them unbalanced more it's stupid to play your competitor in the in the preseason then the, then the managers are complaining about intensity me meanwhile your players are doing the same thing that that it affects me. I, so, I mean, I, generally, I don't think Javi was complaining about. Oh, maybe come on for them. That's what that is. Come on. I think he was praising Arsenal. That oh, your, bullshit. The, your sharpness. Master, 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 master. Oh, master. oh nonsense. Me, That's not praising. It's a lie. You can't tell me. You don't know that. You don't know that. You don't know that shit. He talks about Arsenal. Fucking guy. Oh, boss. Forget. That guy is a sore loser. Forget. Ah. Ah. Don't play your competitors. Go find the Jaruna boys. They score them. They score them the 22 now. I have something to say before um, Van Gelder comes with the preseason, right? I think it has got to do with where they are playing at. In the US, the market today, there, these guys hardly they get EPL matches, please uh, um, watch them unless it's preseason. Even my cousin will be United fans, it's not like they struggle with culture of the time and sense. You understand? So we then, I don't know whether it's also because most of the. Um, Maybe sponsors and things too from US company and things. They might have come together. Maybe they're like, Charlie, we need some of these matches over here. Because, bro, the stadiums all were full to, to the Bringo. So, the, like, you had people flying out from all states just to come to Vegas to watch this, just to come. And they were full, you understand? Look, mind you, we've had United and Real Madrid also play for America. I have seen a trend of some of the teams that play in Europe. And the big, and the big teams two face each other when it comes to the US. Maybe even then fly goals on Thailand and things that be when maybe then go do that trophy way with then uh, uh, Liverpool go play for final before then now uh, which teams will they play or Smiley or are they like last season we go yeah. play Liverpool for final of the this one yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it be Thailand Cup or something like that yeah, yeah. you understand <laughs> but before that which teams we play you know what are they talk so this one when it comes I think it's with the US that's what I have observed like you understand when it comes to the US market. Because look at this classical. Then they literally fight. I watched even with and Arsenal said, see the way they literally fight. They were legit fights, man. Bro, you understand? So, like, I think it's got to do with the US market, but the teams facing each other, I know they give a fuck, say, because we live in a social media age. Nobody They go magnify them. So, if you use Rashford and things, you still face Saka and things for. Preseason, where you won't judge your body, make Saka useless, you then score you. Nobody gives a fuck if the regular season don't start to. Then go start the agenda from there, take enter the season. So they don't care. So then go give them an A game. That is what I have observed, at least. As the only club that is actually playing in the EPL summer winter, a summer series or whatever, America series. First of all, let's not forget that a lot of English clubs are now owned by Americans. So I sure say if we bully bam boy, then in boys way, then go sit somewhere and say, Charlie, make we go propose to the EPLC, make them cheda. Already, Fulham then things all get like American owners, Brentford, Brighton, you know, all of them have like American owners. So then pick them a mind and say, you know what? Make we just go there, the America there for Makes pieces. perfect sense. And since we are all there, make we organize some small gala, see how, you know. You go the table there, Chelsea day ten or something like that. So table there. Yeah, because this is really planned, honestly. I, yeah, I yeah, yeah. It's planned by the EPL. 
Yeah, it's, no, no, really... no, it's planned by the EPL. And the same way, be like, say, United, for instance, as them plans, they then go play Wrexham. No. We, I be you put them, uh, you play Arsenal for the for, for US as well. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. So as you put, pick, say, you go play Wrexham. Arsenal say, Charlie, we did there, make we do some small kickabout. Madrid to say, yes, we did. Yeah, hey, Madrid to say, we did. Uh, Barca to tell Arsenal, Charlie, we did. What's up? We we after Fulham today we'll play uh Dortmund but then we'll go back to, to England. The the only the, the only thing that for instance, speaking personally for Chelsea, last season, Charlie, the preseason, then the way Corey they talk, you they fly from here, they, they go here, the players on the rest and things. But this time what they did was like they were they were based in one place. I think they were based in, in Fulham or uh, uh, they were Fulham, Philly or something. They Philly, then then they fly from Philly go like this place five just short trips and back so that there's some level of stability or or something like that. Me, I, for as a fan who doesn't get to watch EPL matches live, I think it's a great idea, bro. Charlie, you know the number of fans then they America, my United fans, Arsenal fans, Chelsea fans, Brentford self get fans for US. Me, I don't know self. Brighton then get like four fans, Fulham get fans. Aston Villa get fans. Everybody, Charlie, people just they buy the ticket. Be like, if you buy the ticket for one big match, go if you go watch the small one. So, for instance, if Chelsea is playing in the evening and you've bought a Chelsea ticket, you can use that same ticket to go and watch, let's say, Fulham versus Aston Villa, which is the match before Chelsea's game. Charlie, you they get to watch EPL teams live, even if they are not playing well, even if it not be your team. You they get to watch EPL teams live, how them they train and things. Enjoy something before the season goes start. Because these clubs, Charlie, you all be commercial things. Where the EPL to they want to solidify them a base for the America Day. So if more Americans they own the uh, own shares for clubs for the league inside, where then go if you go solidify them a body for the get more money, more people will be willing to subscribe then to Charlie, based the English fans. They start they watch the match 2 a.m. then all of a sudden they started tweeting, Oh, wow, our international fans they struggle so much. Wow. I really respect them. Wow, what a what a struggle. But you see, at the end of the day, it, it, for me, if I look at it also from like of teams, if you have a lot of new players, it's a very good avenue to test out your players against EPL opposition. Because yes, you go free play Girona then 22 now. Every preseason, then Ross Barkley they turn into prime Michael Ballack. The season will start now in Tebe, then the virus will come back. But I think if you play against EPL opposition with a level of coaching, because at the other team to challenge them to then they prepare for the new season. Everybody sees everybody in level day high. You get to at least try your players out, see how they will perform, you know, again, even though it's a small sample size, I admit. But at least you get to see how your players will perform and what, you know, they will look like against EPL opposition. And that can guide you in planning your squad. I can guide you in signing players you need to sign, selling the people you for sale. So, personally, I don't think it's a bad idea because, Charlie, if you for go watch match for Stamford Bridge, you know, we'll get regular seats. So, 280, 300 pounds. How many people go get chance of go UK, go watch match for, you know, uh, Emirates or Old Trafford or the Liverpool? But if you they stay somewhere for America, where them say your team, they play for maybe Philadelphia, even if it be three, three hours, four hours, flight you go meow your eye then the ticket is not like 42 pounds or 50 pounds you, you, you go go watch enjoy something some guy be 
you taking kid you go watch the Chelsea game. The kiddies have them feature for Chelsea, them are YouTube dancers. Ah, the guy I get signed, they go back to your house, he did do video. Oh my god, best day of my life, best day of my life. He may never get to see Chelsea play ever again, right? But at least he's had the opportunity to watch the club he loves for the first time in person, not on the screen. So me, I think it's not a bad idea at all. Okay. So before we wrap up, one final thing we, I want us to discuss. A few days ago, we posted um, a question on our Twitter page, putting four players against each other, four legends against each other, Shevchenko, Samueletto, David Villa, and Raul. And we're asking, how would you rank those four players? Because all of them are great in their own right, but we just want to see what people think and of them and how they would rank them. So let me start with Crack. Shevchenko, Eto, David Villa, Raul. How you go rank those four strikers? Eto, Raul, Shevchenko, Villa. <laughs> you know, get any explanation for why we put Villa at the oh, bottom? Oh no, I, right? I, I, I answered there. You understand? Villa, Villa. Don't get me wrong. Villa's um, career with Spain was massive. It was good, and that's what most people go by. But then, he was in a perfect Spain team with the time they were picking up. You understand? They were picking from that 0-8 and things. I mean, he was the one that was benching El Nino, Torres. You understand? But when it comes to club career, he was seen very well when he was at Barcelona. But that was if he was pushed out wide for Messi. He complimented them and he won. At, at Valencia too, he showed his talent and all. But bro, I, when it comes to his totality, I don't even want to talk about um, Raul being the leading goal scorer at Madrid at the point before Ronaldo can break him. I don't even want to focus on, on Shevchenko being the Ballon d'Or winner before at AC Milan winning Champions League before coming to Chelsea. I don't even want to talk about Eto who has been through the fire more than all of them. When it comes to pure talent, none of them are beating Eto. Eto has faced more adversity more than all of them. From Mallorca being loaned out I remember it to Mallorca, finding his way to Barcelona, challenging a lot of players. Even when Pep came, he had to still battle with Henry and says he was still getting his numbers. This guy still went to Inter and still produced over there. The only striker to win, well, I don't know whether the only player, but, or he was the first player, but the only striker to win Champions League with three different teams, right? Or he did a, a three-peat with two different teams, back-to-back -back three-peat. He, he won back-to-back -back with two different teams, yeah. Yes, back to back. He three pitted back to back with two. No, and not he three pit or two pit. Uh, he won. He won it with Barca. It, he won it with Inter. One one. Twenty ten. Twenty twenty two thousand nine no. and twenty ten. Yeah, but wait. He completed the treble with Barca. Yeah, he did a treble with Barca, and he did a treble. And with he did Inter. a treble with Inter. Yeah, but That's I was what I'm saying. saying. And I was saying three pit. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Yeah, he two Peter yeah. then won a treble. I want to say treble. The only player oh. to win back to back treble. It was the first or so. I, I need to get it right. I'm but very yeah, sure he was. And when you come to and when you come to uh, what this guy does for Cameroon as well, in the African Cup of Nations and then multiple leading goal scorer, multiple African player of the year, and, and all and all of that. You understand? He has won the UEFA for it uh, this one of the year before. So like and if you if you watch his number of games and goal scoring, I mean like Charlie. I rate Eto very much and I put him ahead of all of them. 
because he not get them easy and his talent and his desire proved him important and was chosen. You understand? Not be somebody where be darling boy for Madrid, even though he produce and things at the twilight of his years, they don't want to let him go out of this one. You understand? I mean, Eto still go and see and things so he score. Old man Eto come Chelsea, he can't lash United, can't do things. He go ever till seven, he was to show his class. You understand? Until the end. So that was there. Shevchenko come, he not get them easy for Chelsea to rebound, but he had to go back and all those things. I mean, VR left Barcelona to he go, he go America. You understand? And he banged there too, but he also wasn't a consistent at Eto. So me, if it comes to all these things, I put Eto number one. I put Raul number two because of what he did for Real Madrid as well. Not so much what he did with Spain because that, that time that Spain team said then they struggle. So I don't really want to judge him by that. But solely based on this Madrid legacy, Shevchenko too, bro. The guy, that guy was a beast for both his national team, even though they're not really doing anything. But it was a beast for the national team and it was a beast for AC Milan back then. And too. Winning the Ballon d'Or too helps his case before VR last. So that's all I have to say. Um, Vangelia. I think I go, maybe for me, I put Vea ahead of Shevchenko, but it'd be the same reasoning where me I get. I rate Eto extremely highly. I think Samoleto, amongst all the four uh, guys that we are comparing, out and out striker is the best amongst all of them. I know the best was Raul do for Real Madrid. Raul, uh, Shevchenko too, like in his pump, he was very good, but Chelsea not so good. I think David Villa maintained a very consistent level of performance from uh, Valencia through to Barcelona and then going to uh, America. I think it was Inter Miami or somebody M- like that. LA uh, Galaxy. No. Oh. It was Man City's team. Um, uh, oh, oh, I forget about him. Uh, <laughs> we all we know that team. See, Tom, Tom, City, New York City. City group them at New York. <laughs> City group them at <laughs> US branch. New York. <laughs> New York City, New York, uh-huh, US, US branch of Man City. So I will put uh, Via ahead of Shevchenko just because of, I think, longevity. Because after Shevchenko left Chelsea, I don't know where he's going to go. So yeah. But between Eto and Raul, bro, for me, it's clear as day, clear as their skin color. Eto D. Charlie, they got big, but it'd be cool. Yeah. So Eto for me, then Raul, then David Via, then Shevchenko. Um, for me, I've always Via has always been a favorite player of mine from his Valencia days, before even he went to Barca, even before the World Cup and all that. So for me, in terms of uh, how I like to rank them, I like to put them on top. However, the one who I know for a fact is is. A hell of a player. He was a hell, hell of a player. Uh, you don't even understand how he scores his goals, but somehow he entered the, the net. Was Raul, and for and so for me, Raul is on top. Shevchenko, to be very honest, apart from that AC Milan three three, this thing where I watch him small, you know, really, you know, really catch my eye. Like I knew he was, I know he was a good striker. I go sign up for pro inside the instance, but that's as far as it went. And then of course, Eto. Eto was just—he just wasn't ever my favorite player. He was a good—he was an outstanding player, but he just wasn't my favorite. But so for for me, I'll put him last. But so I'll have uh, Raul via Shevchenko and then Eto. Um, for me, I just 
in just I was just doing some research on like I was doing some research on those four players around the time that we posted it. And I think Shevchenko, his peak was very, very underrated and probably diluted by what happened at Chelsea. And it's something that generally happens with a lot of players. Yep. The, the, if you go and like underwhelm at one as one major club, I wouldn't say Chelsea is a bigger club than AC Milan, but the Premier League was becoming a more big a bigger product than Syria at that time. So there were more eyes on him at that time. And it also coincided with the boom in interest in the Premier League at the time. So that's why a lot of eyes were on him during his Chelsea time. But when you look at how he was at AC Milan, I think only about three strikers have been in the only three strikers have been uh, in the ball- in the top three of Ballon d'Or voting more than Shevchenko. I think those three strikers are Thierry Henry, Ronaldo, and um, and this is putting Messi and Ronaldo aside. Obviously, those people I know they add them if they talk about stats, but like it was Thierry Henry, Brazilian Ronaldo, and someone else, and he was in the top three three times, and this started from his Dynamo Kiev days in 1999 all the way to 2005 he was consistently in the top like in the top 10 of Ballon d'Or voting so i just feel like history hasn't been kind to him just because of what happened to him at chelsea so um i'll put him number 1 on my list i'll put eto number 2 i'll put raul number 3 and i'll put david villa number 4 but if David Villa number four that we are putting him is very interesting to me because when I wrote that article about how the World Cup isn't the the shouldn't be the number one decider of greatness, people <laughs> were people were arguing <laughs> with me. People were arguing with me that no, the World Cup is the number one. If you've not won the World Cup, you can't be. The, first of all, they said between Messi and Ronaldo, if you've not won the World Cup, you can't be the goat. So. People were even saying that Messi and Ronaldo do puts them behind Pele and the rest. But now that Messi win um, it means he then go put them at number one and all those things. And I'm asking, like, okay, if you say then the World Cup is the number one decider of greatness, David Villa has won the World Cup. And he won the World Cup as Spain's like I think that World Cup, Spain scored like six goals. David Villa scored five of those goals. On top to he's won two Euros for Spain. Like he's proven himself at international level more than all of those guys. So I don't really understand why as we ask the question, then if those same people who tell me say the World Cup be number one, why all them people they put David Villa last? Because on top to he had the best goal scoring ratio among all of those four. Like me, I go put them last, but me, the people wait and say World Cup, then they rate them past everything else. Why don't they then for put them last? Because everything where the other guys win, he wins some before. In fact, the only thing maybe I can say they didn't win, he's uh, they've won, somebody there has won that he hasn't won is the Ballon d'Or that Shevchenko won. But Champions League, he win. League titles, he win. World Cup, he win. Them no win. Euros, Euros, he win. Them no win. Okay, Eto win Cup, uh, Afcon. So that one, the draw, draw. But like, why those people in particular? Me, the people who are they talk about, they know them about it. Why did they, they put David Villa at the bottom if they say World Cup be the number one? Yeah, I understand. But yeah, we have come to the end of this episode. Thank you guys for joining us on this one. Um, once again, please follow our social media pages, Twitter, Instagram, at ATW Podcast GCR. 
um, on TikTok after the whistle on YouTube after the whistle podcast. And please remember to share the episode. If you see it anywhere, retweet it. If you see on it's on your Instagram feed, you can like it. You can share it on your Instagram story. Just do anything you can to just help spread the episode. Because this season in particular, we've seen a real boom in our listening numbers. Like our listening numbers were always good, but this is, I don't know what we've done differently. I don't know whether maybe it's because now we are recording every week or something. But... Consistency. <laughs> Unlike somebody missing three in a row. Uh, okay, but we cool. Hey, oh, shots come inside. To... No, shots come inside. <laughs> Make you not talk about bra, bra, half, bra People half forget what the guy do me as a miss just back to back. No, you forget. Make you not hey. hey. hmm. mind down. Your only you know is, is that he just miss. Oh. He left the country. <laughs> he don't tell anybody. I say no it, it, it will be a certain when it comes to Ghana. <laughs> so, so like if none of us see in stories for Snapchat, like by now we we day here with the wait for our make come join we because we don't know where he did, we don't know what happened now. But anyway, we like we appreciate the love you guys are showing us because we've really seen a boom in our numbers and everything this season in particular. So thank you very much and continue to help us. Are they both in? The voting will end actually, so please. I beg. Uh, Kaidem, yeah. Yes, um, we beg you. If in case you've not you've been sleeping under a rock or something, we were um, nominated for sports podcast of the year by the um, Association of African Podcasters and Voice Artists. Thank you. So the voting actually ends, I think, within the next three days or so. So I beg. If you've not voted, please go and vote for us. And sincerely, Accra has also been voted. They are also our brother podcast. So please vote. For, uh, they have been nominated for podcast of the year. We were v- nominated for sports podcast of the year. So I beg. I, I get some shout outs, but they're not be affiliated to it. So I don't know. Say we make me talk or make you not talk. Feel free. Give your shout outs. Some girls be they do from La One, uh, hair pins and straights or something. Them two, them nominate them for. Rising Star or something. Yeah, they are also Ghanian. our sister podcast. They are also under our network, under the GCR oh, network. Then I don't know if they did it. So vote for them too. <laughs> Every Everything good in the podcast scene be on our own. Oh, yeah. We don't control everywhere. We don't control yeah. everywhere. Go Coast Radio, baby. Go Coast Radio. <laughs> hey, is it radio? Every report, I beg. <laughs> hey, Go Coast Report, yeah. Go Coast Report, yeah. <laughs> for report to zero. So anyway, tell you guys, thank you again for joining us on this one. And as always, ATW dominates the conversation. This has been a Gold Coast Reports production. Catch up on episodes and discover more shows from our network on listen to gcr.com.